This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This holiday season, I'm so happy I have my Honda Pilot. It's really helping me navigate all my holiday duties. Seriously. With room for eight, I can take my daughter and her friends to all their holiday parties and still have room for grandma's holiday decorations in the back. With an available Wi-Fi hotspot, I can do some shopping online, even on the go. This holiday season, get a great deal on the perfect Honda for you during Happy Honda Days. See your local Honda dealer today. Welcome back to the channel and another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where Tottenham Hotspur have just beaten Wolverhampton Wanderers 1-0. Uh, Harry Kane's uh, 64th-minute goal assisted by Ivan Perisic. That is now uh, 250 goals for Harry Kane for Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs remain unbeaten in the Premier League. That is now two wins, one draw. Our first clean sheet of the Premier League season. And Spurs have just become the fifth team to score 1,000 goals at home since the Premier League was formed back in 1992. And after the game, Antonio Conte said, we struggled a bit, but I am happy. Now, let's introduce my three very special guests to talk about today's game. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? I'm buzzing, my friend. Another three points on the board after a really important point against Chelsea last, last week. Really vital that we got those three points today, regardless of how we got them. So I'm super buzzing. Let's crack on. Come on, you Spurs. We've also got Mike Apps with us uh, with the BBC, uh, South News, a broadcast journalist. Mike, how are you? Yeah, really well. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I think it was um, all about the three points today, as as Ricky says, you know, I think just to maintain that unbeaten start. And I think in on every Spurs fan's mind is the fact that we had these three fixtures to start the season that we slipped up in last year. So we've got that direct comparison and we're on track, which is great. Exactly right. We have got Ollie Lewis uh, with us for the very first time, um, senior sports reporter with the Daily Mail. And uh, dare I say it, Louis? Uh, uh, sorry, Ollie, um, a Wolves fan as well. I am indeed. So, you know, I'm probably not as happy as you guys, but uh, 
what a win for you guys. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't uh, pretty by any means, but a professional win. Keep it, keep it moving forward and, you know, on to the next one. Well, before we get into it, I've got an exclusive offer from NordVPN, so I'll just play you this. So before we get into it, I would just like to tell you about an exclusive deal. NordVPN are giving everybody who watches this channel and listens to this show a huge discount off a NordVPN plan and one additional month absolutely free. It is completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. I use this myself so I can thoroughly recommend this service. It is the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or no lagging while streaming. It also protects your data whilst traveling and using Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN can also save you money whilst buying subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price, purchasing flights from different virtual locations to find cheaper deals. And if you want to watch sporting events which aren't airing in your region, you can switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the event. So as I said, I fully recommend this service. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal now by visiting nordvpn.com forward slash Tottenham fans to get a huge discount. One additional month, absolutely free of charge. It is risk free with a 30 day money back guarantee. Don't miss it. And now let's get back to talking Tottenham. Mike, let's start with you. Um, your thoughts on today's game. Um, you know, today was all about getting the three points. That is now two wins, one draw in our first three Premier League games. A clean sheet today. Um, a good day at the office for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I'm being really picky, I was hoping it was going to be, I wouldn't say straightforward, because I think Wolves are a decent side. I'm not just saying that because Ollie's here. I think, uh, you know, we have to respect the fact that our record against them, particularly as this strange quirk that they were saying on, on or I was watching on, on BT Sport about how both teams tend to do poorly as the home side in this fixture, historically, in the Premier League. Um, but no, in the first half, we, were, we just weren't at it, were we? And I think we all kind of wanted to see a reaction from the Chelsea game. But um, really, I think... I just felt in the end that um, that little bit of extra quality that we brought in in the summer, again, as was the case with the Chelsea match, made the difference. And to me, one of my highlights of the day was seeing Perisic walking out of the tunnel at the start of the match because I thought this is this is fantastic. Conte is so kind of cautious with integrating the new players, but we saw a little of what he can do um, against Chelsea. And today... Um, not the best in the first half, as was the case with the whole side, as Conte said. But I think in the second half, you know, there was a few moments where he really was able to exploit the space and we got a real sense of what he could offer as an attacking um, wing back. But it was just so clever, the flick on to set up Kane, really terrific. And, and seeing the two of them on the pitch together, uh, you know, it was just that feeling of um, this is the sort of signing that I think Harry Kane has wanted to see at Tottenham for some time. Established players who... You know, we've been accused in the past of not being able to attract. Yes, he's an older player, but he's been there. He's done it. And um, certainly whether he can sustain it over a whole season, we'll have to see. But right now he feels, I don't think it's a coincidence that of all of the, the many summer signings there have been, he's the first one in the team now. And he's already two assists to his name in three games. That's a fantastic start. Mike, overall in the three games, what have you made of our start to the season? Have you been impressed by the three performances? I think it was easy to get a little bit carried away against Southampton. It really felt like we, you know, 
blew them away in that game. And you sort of think, this is going to be easy. This is this is fantastic. You know, we haven't even um, played any of these new players yet. But Chelsea was a reality check. And I think today was the sort of match where we could easily have, have slipped up. So, you know, I come back to it. Seven points from three games is a very good return. Um, unfortunately, we're probably going to be knocked off the top of the table by Arsenal tonight, looking at uh, just down the road from me here in Bournemouth. I think last I looked, they were tuning up, unfortunately. So they're going to probably maintain their their winning start. But, um, you know, very early days. And I think if we can sort of continue in the vein that we're going in, I think everyone feels that, We've proven that we can go toe-to-toe with the top sides last season. No one had a better record than us against the top two last season. How we're going to really progress as a club is if we can pick up serious points um, against the rest of the league. And we've shown we can do that in our in our first and our third games. And along may it continue. So no, I'm, I'm feeling really positive and uh, I'm excited to see more of the new players being given a chance in the team alongside Perisic now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Ricky, your your thoughts on today's match? It was um, it, it, another great test. Um, I, you know, it's still early. He is building, Conte is building his side little bit by little bit. Um, and we haven't even started yet. We haven't even begun yet. So it was definitely a story of two halves. But that, if you look at that first half, I, I think the, the first 20 minutes of that first half, we had a lot of possession. We were doing our slow build-up play. We were using the midfielders and the wing-backs and we were trying to progress the ball. But then we allowed kind of Wolves to start playing their game and start playing their high line and start pressure pressurising us. And they started pressing us and they caused a, a few problems. And we all know as Tottenham fans, and I think it's probably the same with whoever gets the early kickoff, but we all know that the early kickoff is is just a weird one for us. It just it just takes a while for us to warm up, to wake up. So I was confident at the end of that first half, the fact that it was left nil-nil, um, I was confident that Conte was going to get in there, ro- have a rollicking, um, wake him up, shake him up, and we was going to see a different Tottenham in the second half, which is exactly what we saw. So, um, bro, to me, it's another great test, you know, Wolves are a good side, and again, not just because Oli's here. They are a good football inside. They like to play football. They've got a great Portuguese um, contingent throughout th- throughout their side. So there is a lot of flair. They've just bought um, the new player, Nunes. So, um, you know, it, it could have been a good day for them. It, it, and it could have been a totally different day for them to start changing their whole kind of fortunes in the league right now. But... We didn't allow it in the second half. We was like, no, 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 no. And this is where the mentality, where I see a mentality shift This throughout the whole squad. Um, and I, I see a determination throughout the whole squad. I thought Harry Kane as well was a man on a mission. Ever since we started this new season, Southampton, Chelsea and today, he just looks like a man possessed. He's, gonna, he's, he's, he's chomping at the bit. He wants to get his head on every cross. He wants to get in the box on every every occasion. He wants to score. You know, he could add a couple. He could add a couple today. Um, so yeah, still still early days, but a very positive start. And we haven't even begun yet. We've only just started to integrate Perisic. Basuma hasn't um, you know started a game yet, and the rest of the signings that we brought in hasn't really started or been integrated right now. So I'm just looking at it right now. The base is fantastic. And we haven't even started yet. There's so far to go with this Tottenham team that it still really excites me. 
I agree with you, Ricky. And, and when you look at the three games that we have played so far, Southampton at home, last season, we lost. Wolves at home, we won today. We lost that one last year. And also last season, uh, we lost at Chelsea. So we got zero points out of the three games that we have played so far. And we've got seven on the board already. Um, Ollie, let's come to you. Um, I know, obviously, we've got you here as a sports reporter, but also you are a Wolves fan. What did you make of today's game? Because I tell you what, if I was a Wolves fan today, I'd probably be very disappointed. Look, Mike's already said Tottenham Stadium has been a happy hunting ground for us in the last, what, four years we've been in the Premier League. I think we won three of our four games, but I don't know. As a Wolves fan, I'm always pessimistic. We haven't got a striker, so that doesn't really help. But I saw your your game against Chelsea last week and I thought, well, Conte's going to kick a rocket up and they're going to come out firing, that, you know, from the off. And um, the first half really didn't play out that way, did it? So... I felt we played well until we got to your box. And uh, we, we just, because we didn't have the target man in there, uh, we couldn't really trouble Lloris. I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, I don't really remember any point in which Lloris was really troubled. Mm-hmm. I think we, we had a couple of shots which whistled past the post, but I mean, you guys came out in the second half and it was a totally different game. I thought the substitution of Moutinho changed the game as well because I, I thought he ran the midfield in the first half. Um, Bruno brought him off and about five minutes later, you score. So, I mean, for Tottenham, there's so many positive signs. You know, you're not playing that great and you're winning. And I thought Perisic, like Mike said, was fantastic in the second half. Kulisevsky down the right, Perisic down the left. I mean, you've got Richarlison who came off the bench. You look brilliant. And now you've got a conundrum for the next few games. Do you give Richarlison a run from the start? Who do you drop? I mean, Son... Son didn't have the best game today, um, but you can't drop him. So, <laughs> I mean, they're really good problems to have. Um, and, yeah, I, I can see why Tottenham fans are excited. Um, so, you know, on to the next one. Well, what you said there, Ollie, I've got a quote here from Antonio Conte after the game. He said, we suffered, but I don't remember a big save from Hugo Lloris. And when you look at the stats, the possession was 50-50. The shots, Wolves 20 to Tottenham's 11. And on target, Tottenham had four to Wolves three. Um, it was all Wolves in that first half. And I know we'll get on to the key moments in the game. Um, even some boos um, from the Tottenham Hotspur fans at half time. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, well, I mean, football fans in general can be a bit fickle. <laughs> but, you know... You want to be entertained, and this is a sort of game which you should be winning. You did win it, but it, you made hard work of it, you know, slightly anyway. Um, but I mean, booing before the half time break is just, you know, <laughs> I think a bit of perspective is needed. And you know, you came out in the second half and, and kind of got the crowd on side again. Mike, let's come to you. Let's talk about the starting eleven. Um, two changes today. Obviously, Christian Romero was injured. Davinson Sanchez came in. Uh, Perisic came into the side, uh, replacing uh, Ryan Sessegnon. So the side in, in, in full. Hugo Lloris in goal. Sanchez, Diet and Davis back three. Emerson and Perisic wing-backs. Hoybier and Benton Curtin. And the forward three of Kulashevsky, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. The subs today, Doherty, uh, Richarlison, Brian Hill, Sessegnon, Forster, Tanganga, Mora, Lengley and Basuma. Um, what do you think of that starting eleven? Is it what you expected? And uh, Jed Spence was trending on Twitter. Um, a lot of Spurs fans upset that he's not involved. Yeah, really interesting, Spence. Um, but I think, so to answer your first question, in terms of the starting lineup, it was kind of what was expected, I think. I've, 
for me, the disappointment of that starting lineup was no Basuma today. I just feel basically it's between him and Perisic as the signings who I think in the long term are going to be the ones we'll look back on for this summer and say they were real um, improvements in, in the positions. I think Basuma um, is a real top class midfielder and I expect sooner rather than later he's going to be in the starting eleven on a regular basis. But, you know, as, as we say, Conte's taking that kind of cautious approach. Um, wasn't surprised that Perisic came in. Obviously, we we expected as well Sanchez to um, slot in um, in the absence of Romero. And I think he's been pointed out on, on Twitter as well about this record he's building up of clean sheets. I mean, it's not a coincidence. He didn't have a completely faultless game Sanchez today, but nevertheless... Um, he's shown again that he's he's up to he's he's a, he's a decent replacement and credit to him. I think you know there's a lot of players who've been at the club for the num- the length of time he's been who might have their nose out of joint to to lose their place in the starting eleven. But you need a squad to compete, and um, I think it's mutually beneficial that I think he gets to you know continue being part of this squad and hopefully achieve something. And I think we have a, a motivated player who can come in when when required, which is great. Um, Specifically on what you said about Spence, that's my one worry at the moment, Spence. And a lot of people say that we shouldn't blow this out of proportion. But I think it's just the fact that there was these quotes from Conte on the the um, tour of the Far East where he said it was a club signing. And obviously people say, well, that's not saying it wasn't approved by him. He approves all the signings. But it was just that little kind of hint that maybe, you know, he's saying good player, but possibly not on my list. And then the fact that now, okay, he didn't make the bench last week, understand that, but then we're a player down with Romero out and he still doesn't make the bench today. I think the encouragement I take is is the article that um, Ali Gold from Football London put out um, this morning. He was obviously very well informed and and saying that, you know, Spence is kind of on board with this. He he appreciates it's a long-term project to integrate into the side. He's seen what's happened with with Sessegnon. Um, And you kind of hope that's the same thing. But I still... In my gut, I just have that slight concern that it's three players into two position, into one position rather, um, for for right back for us now, for right wing back. Whereas, if you look at, at left wing back, the, the player who might be viewed as being in the the Spence role, Udogi, is on loan at Udinese for the season. So you know he's going to get plenty of games. How much is Spence going to figure? We'll have to see. But um, again, early days to draw any conclusions. There's lots of speculation though, Mike, at the moment about Jaffa Tanganga going to AC Milan and Brian Hill going out on loan again. Um, but both of them were on the bench today instead of Spence. Were you surprised by that? Tanganga's the one, isn't he, really? I, th- I suppose the fact is, is that Tanganga can obviously play in a couple of positions if, if required. He's a more natural fit going into the back three if there was an injury. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's... As I say, I'm I'm going to trust in Conte, trust in the process and say that he's got Spence on side and let's not blow this out of proportion. But personally, you know, from Spence's point of view, he must be a little bit disappointed to not be making um, match day squads right now. But, you know, let's let's hope we've got so many fixtures coming up now once the Champions League comes along and the League Cup comes along. You know, you'd have thought it is absolutely nailed on for our first game in the League Cup. He's going to be first name on the team sheet. And, and it's... Moments like that where he has to take his chance and, and prove to Conte he's, he's, he's ready. And, and we've seen what he did for Forrest last year. No reason why he can't. 
Ricky, let's come to you. Um, starting eleven, is it what you expected? Because uh, I've got to say, it's exactly what I expected. I expected Perisic to come in, um, having had a a good substitute appearance at Stamford Bridge uh, last week, and I want to see more of him. I thought he was great today in the second half. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, on the starting eleven when you saw that? Yeah, it, it was to be expected. Uh, a, a bit like Mike, I kind of thought that Basuma might be in there today, um, but. You know what, I think... Can, that can, I, can I just ask, both, both, both you and Mike have said about Basuma, who does he come in to replace? Well, to, to me, it's not who he replaces. To me, it was more like, um, can we get him integrated in the start? So if he pairs with Benson Coat, to for me, he's the technician in there. He's the, he's the one that's calm on the ball. He's the one that's got his head up all the time. He don't mind being crowded by um, opposing players because he can wriggle out of that and find a pass. So he dictates tempo and vision. And we haven't seen what Basuma can do in a Spurs shirt yet. So to me, the only reason that I say Basuma is not because of Hoiberg's performances. It's more to, let's see what he's got. It's more, he's a new signing that I'm excited about. And let's see what he can bring to the table. Against a Wolf side, I thought it might be a good opportunity for him to play. But what I think is, is that we're actually in a position of strength. And this is what Conte is trying to say. Our impression of the squad, the base squad, is being fueled by pre-Conte, you know, un under Mourinho, under Mason, under Nuno, um, and these players along those those seasons and uh, along those uh, under those managers have have failed. They haven't lived up to expectation. They haven't, you know, run their guts out. They haven't put in a hundred percent. They haven't worked for each other. The man standing beside them and in front of them, they haven't done that. And since Conte's come in, there's been a whole shift in that. So right now, our base squad is, we're in a position of strength. In January last, last year, when we brought in Benson Kerr and Kulusevski, we was not in a position of strength. That's why when them two came in, they had to be put in straight away because we wasn't in a position of strength. Right now, with them two in the side and the way that they've um, adapted to the style of play and how they've improved and how they've, that we've seen how much impact they can have for the club, for the team, and going forward. So them two, at that point, we was in a weak position. We've brought two signings in. We've got to chuck them in straight away. We've got to integrate them because we need them, you know. But right now, we're in a position of strength where we can kind of uh, rely on, on the players that have got us to the Champions League, rely on those players that turn in good performances under Conte, and Conte's already said it, seven months of work on their back. So he's going to trust these, these players that are up to his fitness, that know um, the style of football that he wants to play, that has been integrated into their play in the last seven months. And he's allowing those other signings to have just that little bit extra time to kind of go, oh, that's what you want me to do? Okay, cool. I can understand that. You know, he keeps saying, I want to bring them more into my vision of play, more into my way of playing football. You know, and that includes fitness and technical mentality. So he's allowing those players. He's not putting the pressure on those players. It's not, right, we're in a weak spot. You need to go in. Spence, you need to be there. With Spence, he's a young man. So he's making him not only get up to the fitness and the tactical mentality, but he's there going, you're a young man, earn your spot. Earn your spot. Show me what you've got on the training ground. And we know that if you work hard and you put everything in and you have a great mentality, you're going to get your chances. Look at Doherty last year. That's, that's one of the, the biggest thing that Conte says about Doherty was his mentality and his training work ethic. 
the fact that he wasn't in the side, the fact that every single fan, including myself, doubted him. Do you know what I mean? And was like, you know what? He's been here for two and a half years. I've had enough. I don't think he can bring anything to the side. But Conte was like, you know what? Actually, I see him in training. I see him trying. I see him adapting. I see him doing what I'm asking him to do. Let me put him in. And that's where we got the four or five games before he got injured of improved performances. So I think, that's, I think we're in a position of strength and I think he's going to do the same with Spence. Earn your spot so that when you do get an opportunity, when you do get a chance, you have to go out there and perform. Look at our second side in the Conference League last year. Our second side couldn't do nothing. They couldn't do nothing. We had to have our first 11 on the field for us to get a result against what they called Ferreira Rocha EFC. I, I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We needed our first team to, to get a result against the tests and stuff like that. We couldn't rely on our second team. Right now, we can rely on the players that come in because they have to perform. They've got no choice. If you don't want to perform or if you don't want to step up to the mark, then Conte's absolutely cool with that, but you'll be out the door real, real quick. Look at what happened to Dele Alli. Do you know what I mean? Look what happened yep. to Lo Celso. Look what happened to Ndombele. Regardless of their price tag, regardless of the reputation, regardless of whoever's saying what, if you're not stepping up to the standard and you don't want to play this game and you don't want to fight, it's cool, but see you later. Go, go, go train with the under-21s. Do you know what I mean? So we're in a position of strength right now. Just because these new players are not playing doesn't mean that we haven't improved doesn't mean that they're not going to play. Doesn't mean that they're not going to be integrated into the side. It just means they've got to earn their spot. And I think that is, is a perfect position for us. We haven't started. We haven't started yet. Do you know what I mean? So it's still exciting times for me, bro. The sky's the limit for this side. And we don't, we don't know where it's going to go yet. Well, it's nice, isn't it? We haven't started, but we've got seven points on the board already. And by the way, it was Pacos to Ferreira. And we, we, we shouldn't disrespect him, Ricky. They, they beat us 1-0, and, and I'm still yet to see Tottenham win an away game in the Europa Conference League. Not that I want to, I want to play in that competition again. Um, Ollie, let's come to you. Um, when you see that Tottenham lineup and when you see that bench, what are your thoughts as, a, as, as an opposition fan? Um, does it, and what do you think that Tottenham can achieve with this squad that Antonio Conte's built? I just wanted to build on Ricky's point. I mean, a lot of fans in general want to see new signings. They like new toys, right? They want to see what they can do. They've seen the YouTube compilations. You know, we want to see what they can do on the pitch. Um, but, you know, Conte wants to get you guys with Tottenham to number one in the Premier League, number one in Europe. And the, the benchmark right now is Liverpool and City in England anyway. And you look at how they've handled new signings over the past, you know, two, three years. You look at Jossa, you look at Cancelo, Grealish right now. They do not get in straight away. They really have to adjust, adapt. Because they come from clubs where, you know, they don't play this unique style of football. So I think, you know, a bit of patience. Um, for, for me, as a Wolves fan, like you guys would say, I was fully expecting Perisic to start. I thought it was a perfect game to bring him in. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't really see anywhere, any person in that lineup. I thought, oh, I don't know why they're playing. Um, but you talk about Hoiberg, um, you know, as he might be the guy to come out for Basuma. BT Sport gave him player of the match today. Um, do you guys do you guys think that was justified, or, or do you do you think maybe someone else kind of deserved it, or you know because he was good in the second half, but I, I felt Perisic had a fantastic game. Kulusevski was brilliant, um, and Eric Dyer marshaled the back back three really well. 
It's a, it's a difficult one, Ollie, because I think uh, a lot of people that come on this channel, um, a lot of people aren't a, a big fan of Hoybier. We spoke about this last week, didn't we, Ricky? Um, but yeah. for me personally, I would have given it to, to Perisic, but we, we will come on to the key moments. Uh, Mike and Ricky, do you want to answer that quickly as well? Go on, Mike. Go on, sir. No, I, I, I agree. I think I'd, Perisic would have been my choice um, just because I think he, you know, the whole team stepped up in the second half and he really kind of, led the fight but um but you know clearly Hoybier played very well and there was that wonderful moment where you know he carried the ball pretty much the length of the of the field by himself which showed just the sort of grit and determination he's got and you know I, I think he's definitely not someone we underestimate you know what for me for me I think I mean we had this five minutes on the last show Chris but um like Hoiberg is, is a warrior. He transformed our midfield when he came in. He he was the one midfielder that was doing everyone's job at one point, yeah. and we ran him into the ground. And right now, there's other people that can. So he doesn't have to do that right now. But you see him in the Southampton game. Not only was he solid, but he was putting balls over the top. He was he was finding the crop. You know, he was he, he was switching the play. He was doing so much more than just blocking or or being a nuisance. But he's a warrior. He stands up. He stands up. He's always there to be relied on. Um, against Chelsea last week, again, you know, it's really tough first half. But he was there breaking up the play. He was there to be counted on. He didn't shy away from anything. He was there to kind of go, all right, come on, boys, let's go. And he, he ended up scoring um, the goal last week, didn't he, as well? And then t t today, again, you know, it, especially in that second half, he's solid. He was blocking left, right and centre. I said it last week, Man United, if he went to Man United, he would sort out so many problems for Man United right now and they would appreciate what he would bring to, to that midfield because not only has he got a battle warrior spirit, but he does have some technical ability. He's not Milenkovic Savage, all right? He's not like a, a superstar, but he's always there to be counted and he always gives 100%. He always leaves it out, uh, everything out on the field for us. So I think he's fantastic, and you can see that war uh, uh, that Conte sees him as a warrior in in the midfield. You got you know, and, and another point to bring to Hoiberg's game is that he didn't get taken off today. You know, when we had to shore it up a little bit, we played the three of them. Do you know what I mean? So we had Hoiberg, Basuma, and Bentancur in there today. So there's options, there's options, and I, I, I think Hoiberg. You know, if you got man of the match today, well, well done to you. you. You know, like well done to you. It's good that he's he's been recognised a little bit, and plus. I was talking about Man United. Look at um, Real Madrid right now. Ain't they? There's links that they're, they're going to inquire about Hoiberg himself to replace Casemiro, who everyone's going on, uh, what I'm seeing in reports is that he's the best DM in the world or something. Do you know what I mean? Yes, he's done fantastic for Real Madrid. But look at that. They're going to let somebody like that go. And then the first person that they're looking at, whether they get him or not, but the first person they're looking at is Hoiberg. So there's maybe he's not, the best on the eye at times, but the things that he does on and off the ball, a manager really appreciates. And I think that we need to start appreciating it a little bit more. It's just that we're moving so far forward that we're like, okay, we can improve there, we can improve there, we can improve there, instead of just looking at what qualities on and off the ball that a player like Hoiberg brings. Oli, let's come to you. You've got a question on screen. Um, your thoughts on Traore? Um, Coming, going, uh, back again, current performance. Do you want him to stay at Wolves? Of course, he very nearly joined Tottenham. Um, what do you make on the Triore situation? Well, where, where do you start with Adama Triore? <laughs> um, 
Uh, number one, I think Jeff Sheed, the Wolves chairman, learned a thing or two from Levy in January because how he sold Gibbs White for 42 million is uh, unreal. So he must have learned some negotiating tactics there because didn't he offer 10 million or something? Um, which at the time a lot of Wolves fans thought was a joke. Um, but then we, I mean, someone thought it was a good idea to loan him to Barcelona with no obligation on some sort of pinky promise. <laughs> but with Adama, it's a it's an interesting one. He hasn't had a full preseason. Uh, he went back to Spain to have hamstring surgery, so he hasn't really had a run at, at you know a full preseason. Um, and he, he's not starting games at the moment. I, I, when he's come on, so he came on against Fulham and Tottenham today. He had a couple of good ones against Tottenham, but he's not the same player that two, three years ago tore Jan Vertonghen into pieces. He, he just doesn't seem interested at the moment. Um, so it's a tough one for Wolves as a club. I mean, I haven't seen anyone interested in him this summer. I don't know if Tottenham will come back in for him. Um, like you guys said before, you've got a, a lot of right-wing back options at the moment. So I don't see him really doing that job for you guys. Um, I think we're still looking, though. Are they still looking? Well, I mean, <laughs> some, some of his unique skill set, at any side of what I think he could do a job at any side. I mean, there's no player really like him on the planet. Um, and, you know, he's frustrating as hell, but there's, you know, anytime he gets the ball, it's just like magic can happen. You don't know what to expect. And I think for any fan, you want a player like that, don't you, really? Um, so I, I imagine he'll leave before the end of the window if I had to put my money on it. Um, just because I, I don't really see him sticking around the place for a year not doing much. I think I think he wants to go. And I think um, we've learned our lesson, really, because that's why we sold Gibbs White with two years left on his deal. Um, because these players are going to run their contracts down. So, And we've signed Gonzalo Guedes, who, who actually looked quite good today, first half. Um, yeah. But where, where he ends up, God knows. God knows. Ollie, do you think that Triore would be a good fit for Tottenham and Antonio Conte? And also, do you think that he is better than what we've got currently? Well, he's sort of people are looking at him as the new Victor Moses, aren't they? <laughs> On the right wing back uh, position. I think he'd be a good fit at Tottenham. I think he offers something different. I mean, you've got Perisic on the left who, who can put a, put a cross in. Um, Kulisowski can cut back onto his left foot and he put in a couple of great balls today. But Adama offers you that option of going around the outside and getting to the byline and getting it in there. You can see Harry Payne can head the ball. Um, and you've got how many players over six foot tall. So if you're if you're in desperate need of a goal, you know, I mean, you can't guarantee a good cross from Adama. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but he is such a good weapon to have. I think he would be a good fit at Tottenham. Um, he would probably be an impact sub. I don't see him starting a lot of games unless you specifically have a game plan um, to use him in that wide right position for the whole 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he out of all the top six options, I think he'd probably be best fitted at Tottenham. I think they're the only club that would really want him, I think. Mike, let's come to you. Um, I want to stay on the subject of fullbacks. Um, do you think Antonio Conte is happy with the fullbacks that he has got? Because, you know, when you look at the right back, position. Emerson Royale, you've got Doherty who hasn't played a minute of Premier League football so far uh, this season um, and then of course you've got, got Jed Spencer who we've already spoken about um, who's not been um, in the squad for the last couple of weeks um, Do you think Conte is happy with the wing-back options? I think he actually is to be honest with you. I think 
you know, we in the summer we were kind of um, pouring over the quotes that were coming out from things like Emerson's Asian, where he was saying, "Oh no, the club love him. He's, get, he's going nowhere." And we thought, I'm "Not sure about that." I think everyone expected him to be sold, but then now you see he started three games in a row. Um, and as you say, Doherty hasn't played yet. Spence isn't getting on the bench, and I think it's it's basically this situation where I think Conte likes this dynamic of, of Emerson being kind of a player who we have to give him credit. He has upped his game incredibly since Conte's come in. He's, I, I kind of view him as a bit like, you know, if you're sort of looking to invest in stocks and shares, if he, if he, if he was an investment property, you'd, you'd, you'd say that um, he, he's kind of a, a low risk one. He's, he's not, he's not a risk taker. You know what you're going to get with him. He's someone who has become dependable as a defender. You know, when he's in those kind of, 1v1, 1v1 situations, he doesn't sort of lunge in like he used to. He, he, he seems to be pretty nice and tidy. He was very good um, against Chelsea last week in terms of mopping up at the back when we were kind of outnumbered and, and Chelsea were going to try and break on us. Um, but it's just time and again, isn't it, where the amount of times he gets in those crossing positions and, and you just think, please pass it to someone who, you know, has that bit more ability. But, you know, you can't fault his effort. And I, I, I think... Basically, Conte has has got to the point where I I do think he he likes this balance of um of the fullbacks that he's got. It's just what I'm fascinated to see is at what point does he change it at right back? You know, at what point? I again, you were saying you know it probably was the team we expected to see today, but there was parts yeah. of me this morning thinking if if um Doherty is going to get a game, why not against his old side? I think a lot of people might have thought there's that kind of romantic aspect, although. As a long-suffering Spurs fan, I was also sort of visualising the the calamitous own goal then, as as, as <laughs> would, would happen if you, if you if you tried to do that. But um, I don't know. I'm sure he'll kind of be disappointed that um, he hasn't played yet. Obviously, we know he wasn't sort of fully fit going into the into the season. But um, no, I think the fact that at the moment Emerson is getting in on the basis that he feels like the most sort of solid option we've got at a right wing back, but I think we all think that we, we ultimately need for Conte's side to really um, deliver, then we need to have consistently a player in that position, whoever that's going to be, who can actually get that killer cross in or, or, or pass at the right moment, which Emerson, sadly, I'm not sure is ever quite going to be capable of. I think, though, Mike, all of us Spurs fans felt that there was going to be a lot of rotation um, in these games. Of course, we're three games much rotating, is there? It's, apart from, uh, you know, Romero and uh, Perisic today, um, there's not been much rotation. No, there hasn't. I mean, he's he's really kind of stuck with, he's, he's sort of said about how he wanted to have that consistency of um, sticking with the players who delivered for him last season. And it's also interesting about how long he takes to make any changes in game. I think, you know, you kind of think what's going through a manager's mind on the touchline. And I do feel with Conte, it's, it's kind of that kind of, stubbornness of the fact that this is the side that I've picked. I want to be proved right. You know with him that he has very, very strong beliefs. And ultimately today it did it did work out for him. You know, he got um a result from that match with near enough the the, the side that he picked um at uh, at, at 12 30 today. So no he's he kind of stuck with with tried and trusted so far. Um but it's going to be very interesting in the in the in the sort of coming weeks, isn't it, where we've got is it Forest next weekend, and then we've got the first midweek game against West Ham. 
and you feel that's going to be the moment when they, you know, surely he, he has to rotate at that point. And just how much change is there going to be? Are we going to see, when are we going to see Richarlison start a match? Surely that's not too far off now. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how much he, he, he changes tried and trusted. But I think, the, I think probably the thing we all feel with, with Conte is, one thing he's not going to change is his, is his system, is he? He loves 3-5-2. Mm. That's what's been so successful. And it's going to be just a question of, of which players are brought in rather than um, whether he's going to actually change to a different system to try and get a result. Yeah, uh, uh, you know what? We, we, we've got to apologise for Chris right now. His NordVPN uh, subscription has just cut. So he's just <laughs> renewing his NordVPN uh, subscription right now. He's finding the code. So those that are wondering where Chris is, he's just sorting that out um, and he'll be back in a minute. Um, but do you think we'll, we'll change it up against Nottingham Forest then, gents? Is that what you're thinking? As an opportunity to bring in some new signings? Well, I think the, the really fascinating one is going to be, as I say, Richarlison. And I think that, um, you know, you were saying before, Ollie, about you can't drop Son. But I think as much as we all love Son, you'd have to say over the three games of the of that front three, he's the one who's, whose position is kind of most under threat. Um, you know, wasn't, again, particularly effective today. He was getting in the positions, but it was just one of those days where it just didn't seem to be anything really coming off for him. Um, and at some point, Richarlison's going to be thrown in. Why not now? Obviously, the kind of argument against that is that last season... We all remember as, as Spurs fans that the run that Son went on. I remember mm. it was in that runner games, actually probably <laughs> involving that sequence with um, with Wolves as well last season. But particularly, I remember Middlesbrough in the FA Cup away, where Son just was slipping and sliding on the pitch and the ball was getting stuck under his foot and everyone was saying, is this the moment to drop him? But Conte stuck with him and, of course, it was just a bad patch. He came out of that and went on to be joint top scorer. So that's the concern that it would logically make sense to bring Richarlison in now. But if you do, you're going to potentially miss out on, on Son having the opportunity to, to turn it around. He, he definitely seems to be a player who, who needs that run of games. Yeah. What about you, Oli? What, what do you think? Is it, is it a good opportunity for Tottenham to start some, some of these new players against Forest? Look, it's a long season, isn't it? So, you know, you need to be able to rotate your squad and be able to call upon players who can hit the ground running. Richarlison's Premier League proven, so it, it won't take him long to fit in. And you can see he plays for Brazil as well. He, he starts for Brazil. So, you know, he's not the sort of player that's going to, you know, need time to adapt to playing with other good players. I, I think with Son, I mean, it seems a bit crazy to say because he's one of the best players in the league. But he does seem a bit of a confidence player to me um, in terms of, you know... He, he really needs to be like mentally like he needs to be fully on it um to really you know be at his best whereas harry kane what he's what Jürgen Klopp would call a mentality monster isn't he you know um he just is unstoppable um nothing can kind of get in his head um so i mean if you drop him what does that do to his confidence you know conte's really got to got to play it quite um sensitively um I would give Richarlison a run because I think he's ready to to kind of perform for you guys. He, when he came off the bench, I, I thought Nathan Collins had a pretty good game, apart from obviously losing his man at the corner. Um, and Max Kilman, they both played well, but he gave him a lot of a lot of trouble. So I'd give him a go. I mean, you know, Son off the bench is a great player to bring off the bench as well. So 
It's, it's a really I, good problem to have, isn't it? Well, you know what? I think that I, I totally hear what you're saying about the confidence um, of, of Sonny and stuff like that. And maybe like dropping him to the bench might affect his confidence. But part of me feels that that will fuel the fire because mm -hmm. I think we're in a we're, we're in a different state. We're in a different transition as a team. So I think anybody that is left out is now burning to be like, oh, no, nah, this ain't going to be the way. Like, I want my name on that first team sheet every week. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm going to have to. So, And I think that with the quality that we've brought in, I think we can afford for a, a Sonny or a Kane to drop some form and then allow them to come out and not have the world on their shoulders. You know, on Harry Kane and Sonny's shoulders last year and every other year, you know, the the, the world's on their shoulders. They're, they're the only ones that are going to score the goals for us. Do you know what I mean? But right now, we, we can afford for one of them or two of them to kind of, all right, have a bit of a dip in form. We'll drop you out for a minute. We're not saying that you're not world-class anymore, son. We're just going, you know what? Maybe you need a little bit of a rest. He gets frustrated. He gets the fire burning on his uh, in his stomach. It's time for him to come on and then watch him go. Do you know what I mean? But I... On Sonny, I, I love him to bits. I would never be in the camp of dropping him. I, I think there's more good that comes from him than, than bad. Um, but I, I've got to agree, in the couple of games that we've seen, Chelsea last year, uh, last week it was tough because they pressed us really high and they double teamed, especially Sonny. I think they triple teamed him at times. So every time he got, he got a touch or a flick, it bounced somewhere else. And, you know, it was straight into a Chelsea uh, player's path and then they were on the counter-attack. So I think that, especially that last week, that might be a blueprint for opposition sides to look at and going, okay, cool. Well, if we can isolate or double team Sonny, then Kane hasn't got an outlet. And do you know what I mean? Like maybe they're, they're, they're trying to use that same Chelsea formula to kind of go, all right, this is how we nullify Tottenham and this Conte Tottenham. So, I, I you know, I think maybe starting Richarlison, he, uh, on the left as well, in place of Sonny, might be a fire, a fire in the stomach. Do you know what I mean? Might just pep him up again and kind of go, all right, and cool, let's go as soon as he comes on. You yeah, know? and just to add to that, Conte is not Nuno. Conte does not need to win the, the support of the dressing room. Um, you know, exactly Con that. Conte is the manager that players want to play for. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it's a great point. Um, you know, and I, I do think Son's the sort of person who won't throw his toys out of the pram if he is dropped. I think he'll understand it. And I think Conte is a manager to handle that sort of situation as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you know, Son is such an expressive player, isn't he? When he misses a chance like he did today on a couple of occasions and, you know, he looks absolutely devastated. But I just wonder, I might be reading too much into it, where there's just that little bit extra now because he can look to the bench and see Richarlison waiting to come on. And, and those three players know they've got the trust of the manager right now, but it's there is going to come a point when, whether it's just rotation because a number of games or form comes into it, they're they're going to lose their place. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, ultimately Conte does seem wedded to having the three forwards. And so therefore, you know, at the moment we, we're just sort of talking about Richarlison, but obviously Lucas is going to figure at some point in these matches. And also, I mean, really interested in his post-match comments today about Brian Hill, where he's been on the bench for a couple of matches and it looks like he might be going out on loan to Valencia um, again. And Conte saying if he goes... The club know we've got an agreement. There has to be another forward coming in. So suddenly you find yourself thinking, unless you go and get another kind of real young up and coming 
forward player who's going to be content to just have a handful of matches here and there with the investment that we know the club has got potentially there to to use you like to think we'd be be quite ambitious in what we might go for so therefore you know that's another dynamic thrown in where what looks at the start of the season like a very settled front three could come under threat and it'd be really interesting to see how Conte views that and, and whether you know by kind of design or opportunity if, if the right player becomes available and, and the right player in the case of Hill potentially going on on loan becomes available for that he starts to think well you know maybe I should have a little bit more fluidity in, in the front players that I pick. Just to let everybody know on audio right now, we've got the host of the show back. Um, he has actually put in his NordVPN <laughs> renewal code and he's, and he's back to take over. He's got the questions ready. He's clear as a button. He's in 4K right now, which I've never seen before. But yeah, Chris, we're going to hand back over to you, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. D- David just said uh, Chris has gone to Watford. I- I'm not that bad. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, let's stay with you. In the sixth minute, let's go to the key incidents in the game. In the sixth minute, um, a good block from Davinson Sanchez. Um, as Mike, I think, uh, said earlier about clean sheets, whenever Davinson Sanchez seems to come in at the moment, he's keeping clean sheets. What did you make of his performance today, deputising for Romero? I thought it was solid. I thought they tweaked it a little bit so the, the forward runs wasn't as frequent as Romero. So it, we played to his strengths. Uh, I felt I, I really liked the the uh, blocking slide challenge that he done when one of the one of the Wolves players got through and he just kind of it was one of those he just looked huge do you know what I mean he looked huge sliding across that pitch but he just put in the block he could have scored today as well uh, that header that he had you know it was really unfortunate not to score actually so I, I think he done well and again what coming back to what Mike said about the that that stat that's going about. The last seven games, I think today's the eighth game he's played, we've had had a clean sheet. So I've seen a a very um, marked uh, increase in performance from him ever since Conte's come in. And I think uh, what kind of confirmed it for me was when you, Chris, was out in South Korea and uh, they were training and they'd done the 42 lengths and... Your report and your words were, you know, Davinson Sanchez was, majority of the time, he was at the front of the queue. And his fitness was, was, you know, one of the highest there. And the fact that he was sweating buckets like that and putting the work in like that shows me as a fan that his mentality has shifted as well. You know, like Mike was saying earlier, his his nose could have been put out of joint because Romero's there and he's not starting every game. But his mentality was like, no, I'm a soldier. When I'm called, I'm going to be ready. It's not like I need an extra session, uh, you know, extra training session to be ready. I'm going to be ready when I'm called because I know I, I want Conte to trust that when he calls me, I come in and he can rely on me to do the job that he's asking me to do. And I felt that he kind of certified that today again. Oli, let's come to you. Just a minute later, Wolves had a corner, um, volley from a corner, Neves from range, comfortable for Hugo Lloris. I don't know whether you saw our game um, last week against Chelsea, but Koulibaly scored from a corner uh, mm-hmm. from a volley. Uh, he also had another chance um, in that same game. Are you surprised that, you know, someone like Antonio Conte, um, you know, who is, you know, can be, uh, you know, work on his defence um, extremely well, doesn't want to concede goals, and this is happening. And, of course, we have just... Uh, employed as well a set-piece specialist. And this has happened a week later after conceding that goal against Chelsea. I mean, what, what a transformation in, in the defensive set-pieces. I think we had a couple of 
corners towards the end of the game and honestly <laughs> I'd probably put my laptop away and thought we're not gonna we're not gonna score it because they tightened things up so much you know from in, in the space of one week because I, I did watch the Chelsea game and I saw before the Koulibaly goal I think he got pretty close a, a couple of minutes before that and it happened mm. right away and he must have been fuming about that so yeah, I, I'm not surprised because I feel like Conte is a sort of bloke who is so meticulous. He is so into the detail of everything. Um, and if you've got a set piece specialist, then you know he's probably had a kick up the backside, backside in the week. And um, I mean, you've got man mountains at the back as well, all six foot tall. So um, no, I'm not really surprised that, that Conte showed it up because he's got that sort of pedigree, hasn't he? You know, defensively at Chelsea, they'd go one nil up and you thought game over. Um, and he's looking to do the same at Spurs. Now, in the 23rd minute, I noticed just right in front of me, Ivan Perisic went over to a ball boy and kind of had a go at him and, and, and advised him to, to throw the ball back quicker. Now, Mike, let's come to you. I don't know whether um, you remember the Olympiacos game, Jose Mourinho, that ball boy was very much on the ball. Give the ball back straight away. We went and scored the goal. Um, Perisic, I just thought it was hilarious how a player would go over to a ball boy, give them advice and just say, look, keep an eye on the game. Give me the ball quicker. Um, those are what wins. That, 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 that's what gets you points, right? It's it's brilliant. I, I mean, I, I obviously I wasn't at the stadium, so I didn't spot that. But I just love that aspect of Perisic, and this is what we really hear coming out in these early stages: the fact mm. that um, you know he's giving advice as you'd expect to Sessegnon because they play in the same position. We've heard Jed Spence say that he's getting advice, and he's just immediately come in as this guy who's never played in this country before, but obviously has got a real illustrious career. In, in European football, in international football, he's respected the minute he turns up and he's just come in and <laughs> you, you just know whether he's going to be proved right or not. But he has come here to, to actually achieve something. You know, I think it almost got forgotten in, in the, the run of the story of the summer. But I, I think, you know, it was pretty widely reported that he had the direct choice to come to either Chelsea or Tottenham. And at that stage of the summer, he chose Tottenham over Chelsea. And with someone like Perisic, at his age, he's not going to make that move if he doesn't believe he's he's got a, a real decent bet under this manager of achieving something. And and the fact that you know he's looking at just those tiny percentages of, of how quickly the ball is going to be put back into play, um, that, that's that's fantastic. And it, 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 he's really does in these early days seem like the full package, doesn't he? Rick, let's come to you. Um, so many Wolves chances. I tell you what, I'm not going to read them all out because there, there was, there were so many in that first half. And as I said right at the start, um, the fans booed, or some fans booed, at half time, nil nil. What did you make of that instant? Because uh, the last time I saw fans booing was when Nuno Espirito Santo was there. You know, you know what? I, I, I think. <sighs> I wasn't in. I wasn't in there. So I'm going to put forward my theory, and then Chris, you tell me because you was in there. All right. My feeling is is that it wasn't a boo of, I hate you. We're rubbish. What are you doing? Pull your socks up, sort of thing. It was more of a boo of, I'm letting you know that you need to wake up. Do you know what I mean? It's a, we've spotted it. We're sitting here. We're spotting it, and I'm letting you know we need to wake up for the the, the second half. And I. I know it's just a boo, but I think they had different intentions. Though that boo that when uh, Nuno brought, brought off Lucas that time, that's a different type of boo. That's, we don't trust you. What are you doing? You know, like, do you have eyes in, you know, do you need 
glasses? Do you need a Specsavers subscription or something? Like, what, what's going on here? And today, it's more like, come on, boys. You know, it's at the end of the half, we're going to let you know that we're not happy with what we've seen. But it's more of a, come on, boys. But me as a fan, I would prefer it. And I think it's more encouraging when we roar them on. When we're like, come on. When, we, when we've gone 1-0 down against Southampton and against Chelsea last week, there was a response from the fans, which was like, all right, everybody's disappointed, especially against Chelsea. Everyone's deflated uh, at that point. But it was like 30 seconds, a minute later, where everyone was like, come on. And you could hear, come on, you Spurs, come on, you Spurs. So it lifted them again. And I think by doing that, I think it's going to have even more of an effect on them because there is no doubt that Conte knows that that first half was a, was a poor first half. So when they get in there, He's going to go, you know, that's not what we do. He's going to rollick them and, and wake them up. But he go, he would also say, look at all those fans. They're, they're still clapping for you. They're still cheering for you. They're still trying to, do you know what I mean, get you over the line. And that would put a bit more kind of responsibility on them to go out there and, and start in fifth gear instead of first. Do you know what I mean? Instead of going through the gears, we're going to start in fifth gear in this second half and, sh- and, and show the fans the appreciation of that support. So I don't think it's, it's time for booing. I think that if you roar them on, if you cheer them on, if you pick them up with a cheer, I think that could have even more of a positive effect. But I don't think it was a negative boo. But tell me, Chris, you was in there. So you, how did you feel about it when it was happening? Well, it was a number of fans. It was, it was a number of fans not happy with the performance. And I think, have we really come that far to, to boo our team when it's nil-nil? Um, you know, when, you know, it's all very new. You know, some of these players are very new. Some of these players haven't had many minutes in a Spurs shirt yet. And we, we weren't losing the game. Yes, I was a little bit worried at halftime thinking we have, uh, you know, Wolves have had a, an awful lot of chances. Um, Ricky, were you, how did you feel as a fan at halftime? Because, you know, Wolves having all those chances, you know, as Ollie um, alluded to earlier, if they had a striker, you know, they could have been 2 3 4 nil up. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, but I was not worried. I mean, I I was like, okay, you know, it's not been the greatest of halves. I was saying earlier to the the chats while you was putting in your NordVPN renewal code, I was saying to them that maybe, um, maybe the the kind of, the Tuchel setup, the Chelsea setup might be a blueprint that other, you know, opposition teams might take that and go, you know what, if we double triple up on Sonny or if we try and do what Chelsea done, we can nullify Tottenham. And maybe that was the plan for Wolves in the first half. uh, And especially that second half of the first half. But once we woke up and once we came out and we were determined to win, we saw a different side in that second half. So me, I trust Conte. I trust this team. I see that they have a different mentality when they're playing right now. Even so much so of the little niggle fouls. We're, we're not a side for little niggle fouls. Little niggle fouls are almost accidental. Whereas now under Conte, they're almost part of the plan. If there's a break on us or if, there's, if we're in danger, there's a little niggle of a foul. And if we get a yellow card for that, all right, cool, we'll take it. Like Hoiberg did today. All right, we'll take it and we'll deal with it. But they're, they're being nasty. They're being ruthless. They're being, 
you know, like they, they, they're going outside of what the, the, their kind of comfort zone, what they would normally do. So to me, I wasn't worried. I knew that Conte would get hold of them. And I knew that we would see a um, different Tottenham in the second half. And I'm just pleased that we did. Well, Conte said, I tried to fix some situations. Um, this is a short clip from Antonio Conte's press conference. And uh, then the second half, uh, I, I tried to, to fix some situation and a tactical, under tactical aspect. But at the same time, uh, I say that uh, we have a lot of uh, energy to go, to press high and uh, to create chances. And in the second half, I think uh, we did very well because we, we created the chances to score more goals and uh, we played with uh, an important, important intensity. We put a, a, a good pressure. I think in the second half uh, was really difficult for both Brampton to play against us. Oli, let's come to you. Um, it's fair to say that it was a completely different Tottenham performance in that second half. It was. You could, you could sense we were talking about the atmosphere. from Basically, from kick-off, I think you guys went down and won a corner and the game completely transformed. Um, I mentioned earlier about Moutinho. I thought he had a great game in, in the first half of Wolves. I, I don't know if he would have affected anything because you guys were on top, really. And um, as I was saying before about your set pieces, I feel like you, you knew what you were doing. You had... You had a lot of big men in there, Wolves on a very big side. And um, it was just such a clever flick on from Perisic to get the goal. But it, it just felt like it was a, what, what you get sometimes with City and Liverpool when they come out and it's just wave after wave of attack. And, you know, we couldn't really get up the pitch. And um, uh, we talked about Hoiberg while you were briefly away. And he was kind of setting that tone, being aggressive. Um, getting in, on, getting in on tackles, and Perisic kind of stood up, and he was the leader. And um, and yeah, I, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he gave him at half time, but it was just a complete transformation. Ollie, what did you make of uh, Hunmin Son's performance today, and in Tottenham's three games so far this season? Because I think some Spurs fans are a little bit worried about him, and I say that because we're so used to um, you know a constant performer. We're so used to. Um, you know, goals, assists, um, you know, great displays from Hunmin Son. And we haven't seen that in the last few weeks. Yeah, I was just saying before to the fellas, he kind of strikes me as a very much a confidence player. Um, and when he's not on it, you can really tell because when he is on it, he, he, you know that he basically takes control of the game. He kind of overshadows or, you know, he outperforms Harry Kane and not many people do that. And so when you're an opposition team and you see that Son's not having an impact, you you're licking your lips, you're thinking, you know, this could be our day. Um, it's a brilliant problem for Conte to have, I think. Mm. Because you've got Richarlison who came off the bench and looked fantastic. And you've got Lucas Moura who, you know, is very popular among the fans and he can play as well. So what he does from here, God knows. But, you know, he with Son, it's still very early. And when he, he's one of those streaky players in terms of when he gets on a run, just cannot stop scoring. So... It, it will come. I don't think it's panic stations just yet. I mean, Harry Kane scored two Premier League goals before Christmas last year, I think I heard. So, yeah, no, no one doubts that he's a top-class player. So, sooner or later, it will all click for him. Mike, let's talk about the goal. Um, it came in the 64th minute. Harry Kane's 250th goal for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, 
what is left to say about Harry Kane. Um, and it was uh, a great corner in from Hunmin Son, flicked on uh, by Perisic, headed in by Kane. Um, what more can we say about Harry Kane? Fantastic. I mean, just really to, to sort of be on, on his toes, great movement. As um, as Ollie was saying, you know, Collins had a good game today and he started really well for Wolves, but, you know, he lost him for that corner and um, two two headers in two matches. Fantastic from, from Kane. And I just feel, you know, obviously we don't like to sort of dwell on this too much as Spurs fans, but kind of this time last year, we were still slight doubt about what was going to happen with his future but it feels like you know we know he's he's here for this season at the very least if not longer and I just feel with with Kane whereas he had that kind of almost full start to, to last year where he was later coming back than other players and you know as, as Ollie says wasn't prolific um in the back end of, of, of 2021 I just feel he's really got the bit between his teeth now. It's it's almost like the fact that Haaland's turned up, the fact that Nunes has turned up. Um, he's got some competition now. He wants to reclaim the golden boot. There's no doubt at all. You know, whilst he was the the perfect kind of gentleman, the perfect teammate, wanting to help Son to 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 get a share of that last season, it will still have hurt him on some level. The fact that you know he wants to to get that trophy himself, and and, and he's really focused. And with Conte as his manager. Um, he's got every chance this year because you know that he's going to be part of a side week in, week out, which is going to be set up to play to his strengths. Conte wanted him when he was Chelsea manager. You know, it's not a case of coming in as all managers do and and, and just saying positive things about the players you've got in front of you. This is a guy who is really still so highly prized. He's in the prime of his, his career now at, at 29. And, you know, coming into this season, I was above all else as much as anything else, excited about what we're going to see from Harry Kane and, and the fact that he's got two goals for a player who doesn't score in, in August is, is is fantastic. He's he's really up and running and uh, I think, you know, it's going to be a fantastic campaign for him, I'm sure. Ricky, let's come to you. Um, Richarlison, um, I saw him warming up on the sidelines. He was itching to get on and I'm sure after that performance, that substitute appearance at Chelsea last week, he may have thought that he was uh, going to start the game today. Do you do you think that he is a little bit disappointed that he didn't get more minutes today because he came on in the 76th minute, giving him 14 minutes of the game? He might be disappointed, but you know what? It's a good disappointment because, again, it, it's what I've been saying the whole show. He's got to earn his, his right to be in the team as well. Even though we've paid 60 mil for him, he has to earn his right to get in there. And if he's frustrated, it's a good frustration because it's only going to make him run harder next week. I think, I think the, the, his determination to get on the field was because the original R9 was sitting in the stands there. And I think he wanted to get on and kind of, you know, like, it, you know, just play in front of one of his heroes. I'm sure that the original Ronaldo, the, you know, yeah. the man, the R9, the one with the boots, you know, I think he, he wanted to play in front of him. He wanted to impress a little bit so that when they do meet afterwards and have a little chat, because you know that Ronaldo is going to be chatting to Lucas and, and Richarlison and, and Emerson. You know he's going to go chat with them and maybe have dinner with them this evening, that he can speak about the game a little bit, you know, and, and, and maybe Ronaldo can give him a couple of tips or whatever because he's seen him playing for Tottenham. So I think part of, part of him itching to get on was the fact that the original Ronaldo and they even gave him a shirt with number nine on it and it just looked even though even though you know 
he's far from his prime. It just looks super sexy. And I was just, even that got me excited. I was just like, Ronaldo, if you want to jump on the bench, bruv, feel free, mate. Feel free. Feel free. We can make that happen. So I think that's all part of it. But like I say, I think it's a, it's a, if he is disappointed, it's a, it's a good disappointment. It's not like a, oh, why am I playing? It's like, okay, we need to do more. We need to do more. And I think that Conte is an honest manager. So he's going to let them know, look, you're going to get your chances. But it's up to you to perform. It's up to you to take the shirt. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm not just going to give it to you. You've got to take it. So I think it's, again, it's all positive and it's all going in the right direction. Ollie, what have you made of Tottenham's transfer business? Because, of course, uh, all of us Spurs fans are normally waiting until the very, very last minutes and hours of transfer windows. But we got the business done early. What have you made of all Tottenham signings this summer? And where do you yeah. think that, you know, what, what, what can Tottenham achieve with these new signings? You have had signings in nice and early. Conte's got what he, want, he wants in, in this window. Um, you know, he's got a history of kind of falling out of boards and owners over transfer policy. But he seems very, very happy of who he's brought in. And you've got to be, I've got to be honest, you know, every single signing, I think, kind of hits the mark. I know he talks about Jed Spence being a club signing, but he's also got signings in like Basuma, um, like Kulisevsky being turned permanent who will make an impact to the first team. The Charleston, how long have you guys been crying out for a striker who is capable of, you know, yeah. filling in that void when Harry Kane is unavailable or injured or whatever? I'm not saying he's going to score at the same rate as Harry Kane, but he is a Premier League proven goal scorer. Um, and, you know, you can just imagine with Conte, you know, I think Richarlison has that sort of personality can, that can really lift with Conte's help. Um, so he, I think it's a perfect match. And if you look in recent weeks, I mean, you look at other clubs, Man United are a shambles. Um, Liverpool say they don't need a midfielder, they, they probably do. Um, but Spurs, it seems like it's very much outgoings at the moment. I think Conte said the other day that he, he would like to bring players in if he lets players go. But I think the players he's let go at the moment are Ndombele, who was kind of exiled anyway. So he wasn't really, he's not really, uh, he spent a lot of money on him, but he's not really a loss to the current Tottenham team. Um, but I, I think, you know, he's, he, he can't really complain about this transfer window. I think he's got exactly who he, who, who he wants. I mean, I was slightly concerned about Davidson Sanchez playing from your point of view today, um, because Christian Romero is such a big presence at the back. He's such a good player. There's not, yeah. I personally don't think, you know, Sanchez is, probably the perfect backup for him but as we as we talked about earlier I mean he's kind of growing into his role um as well so if I had to add another player to that Tottenham squad it would probably be a backup centre-back um I did see the evening standard had linked Tottenham with Trevor Chalabert I don't know how realistic that is it won't happen it won't happen it won't happen and then, when it's <laughs> business with Tottenham I, I don't think they really do business with Tottenham much anyway they normally they normally give their flops to Arsenal, don't they? So, um, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be uh, fine until they have to shake hands on the deal. I would say probably a centre back just because Sanchez, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with him sometimes. But Conte trusts his players, you know, the players he doesn't want, he makes clear he wants to move on, like he's done with Ndombele. And he's the sort of manager that players want to perform for. So, I think from Tottenham's position, there's how long left in the window? 10 days. I mean, you've got to be pretty happy with how things are looking at the moment. Ollie, do you think the Spurs could challenge for the Premier League? 
I tipped you guys to finish third this season, but I think you could have a very good Champions League run. Because if we look at the Champions League in recent years, you look at Chelsea a couple of years ago, Real Madrid, I don't think either of them were the best teams in Europe, to be honest. But they have two or three world-class players in the core of the, like through the core of the team that can deliver in these knockout games. And I think if you look at Kane, if you look at Benton Core, I think he's quality, Romero, Alan Reese, that's a pretty good spine. And you've got, you know, Son if he hits form and Kulisevsky. I think I think you could have a really good run in the Champions League this season, but I don't think Spurs are quite ready yet for the for the title. Simply because I thought that you're probably not consistent enough. But having said that, the first three games you haven't played that well and you've got points. So yeah. you know, they, they could surprise me, but I've tipped them to come third. Mike, in your opinion, what else do Tottenham need and Antonio Conte need to really challenge the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool? I think um, I'd agree with Ollie. I think I still feel um, defensively if we can bring in another top-class player. But then it's, it's really interesting that there seems to be a sort of growing school of thought that, you know, Bastoni was the one who we really wanted this summer and prepared to pay big money. But... If you can't get him, then don't settle for second best. And and you know the deal for for Longley, the fact that it's just a season long loan with no option suggests that they're taking a look at him. They're going to see what he does for twelve months, and then and then reassess, which is not the most um, kind of crazy thing to do. I think I think we can all sort of see the common sense to that. Obviously. I can't lie. I'm a Tottenham fan. I'd love us to sign an attacking midfielder. You know, I'd love us to to, to sign a player who is going to be. I mean, you know, Madison scoring again a free kick for for Leicester today. We haven't got that player right now who um, is capable of, of of doing that, of getting us off the, the off our seats in terms of just being that real kind of focal point of the attack from from the heart of midfield. But you come back to it and say, who is out there? Who is available? And how are they going to fit into the system? How are they going to, you know, is it going to be too disruptive of, of, of the system? Maybe we just have to be a little bit more cute in terms of how we use positionally Kulisevsky. You know, he seems to be comfortable coming in a little bit further inside um, from, 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 the, from the right wing. So maybe there's something more that he can do in that kind of number 10 role. But I don't know. I think having decided weeks ago we were going to have a really quiet end to the transfer window, I'm, I'm just, you know, Interested to see what happens now. I think there, there's clearly going to have to be some more outgoings, but it is intriguing this this fact that we're we're down on our homegrown quota, and, and you just feel if we've got the money there, if the right homegrown player is there in, in the right position of need, then then maybe we might yet go for something in in, in the closing weeks. So be, be very interested to see what what happens. I kind of feel perhaps the whole story of the transfer window hasn't quite been written for us yet. The thing is, Mike, I, I get a lot of people on this channel and particularly the viewers as well. Um, and two names come up a lot. Uh, Madison, who you just mentioned, and Ward Prowse, both homegrown players as well. Mm-hmm. If you had one of those players in the Tottenham Hotspur squad tomorrow, do they fit into Antonio Conte's system? Where do they play? Um, who do they replace? I know. And, that, and that, that, I, I completely agree with you. And that, that is the issue, isn't it? That is absolutely the issue. But... You still come back to it, then, you know, when we're having matches, particularly at home where we're up against sides who are putting men behind the ball and we're really struggling to break them down, you know, we are in that situation when we're relying on plan A 
delivering and there's there's tweaks that we can do to it and Conte's spoken about potentially you know uh, playing four forwards in in some matches if 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 need be but that I suppose yeah. it just comes back to the fact that um you know that's why I feel over the course of the season although Emerson started at, at right back I don't see him as the long-term solution because I just think for the system we play you've got to have players on both flanks who can deliver a quality ball and I think that's going to be the, the the answer there so yeah and I, I completely take your point but I still can't help dreaming. I still can't help being attracted by the possibility of somebody who's going to get us off our seats. Ricky, are you one of these Tottenham fans saying that we need a creative midfielder? Because I tell you what, at half-time, I heard a lot of Spurs fans say that. I mean, would it be nice? Yeah, of course it would. But it's it's down to Mr Conte. What does he want? And we all know that he likes options and he likes different tools for different jobs. And so if he feels that a creative midfielder can come in and do something for him, then I think that we should bring him in. I, I don't know whether it's going to happen, but there was the attacking midfielder from Atalanta that we was linked with, the Ukrainian guy. I think his name's Milanovsky. Um, that's a guess. I apologise for the pr- pronunciation. And I probably got it wrong. But... Um, but I didn't it hear took, about him before. Do, do, do you know what, Ricky? When I'd done a video the other day, it took me about 20 takes to say his name. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. No, but um, even being linked with him, whether we get him or not, what was what was really interesting to me was the profile of player. Now, it, he doesn't start for um, his side. He, he is an impact sub as it is. Um, he's got a wand of a left foot. He shoots from outside the box. Uh, he's good on free kicks. So, for instance, if, if we were to bring somebody like that into the side, he's already used to being an, an impact sub, a super sub. So we don't have to worry about that too too much. And he's used to coming off the bench and, and, and making an impact, which if somebody like that, if it's not him... I think we will look at somebody like that that can that is okay with coming off the bench and and making an impact. Um, but you need to give uh, Conte the tools to do what he needs to do. Big clubs do not worry about uh, like players playing. I know that sounds crazy, but if we look at Man City, I know uh, the boys mentioned it earlier about Grealish, but you can look at uh, Riyad Mahrez when he came in. They paid big money for him. He didn't start every game. He had to earn his way in. There was Bernardo Silva. There was, a, a, you know, Sterling. There was, they had a whirl of player, uh, players. Foden, a lot. And he still had to earn his way into the Sane uh, um, until they sold a couple. And then they're like, all right, and cool. We'll give you the number one spot. But it's not like nailed on. If Pep wants to rotate, if he wants to change, then he'll do that. Regardless of how much they paid for him, regardless of how much they paid for Grealish. We're gonna we're gonna move and we're gonna shake and we're gonna be um, adaptable. We're gonna flow like water. Do you know what I mean? So, I think we have to stop this lineal thought, this traditional thought that we normally have, which is there's a set eleven. This is the this is the team. This is what it is. It's not. It's it's fluid, and we've we've got to kind of not worry about whether Richarlison starts or not, or a new creative midfielder comes in and there ain't a place for him. If Conte's looked at him and said, listen, I want you to come in and we're going to use you when we switch up formations or when we need an alternative or when we need an impact off the bench and that player's happy with that, then let's go with it. I think trust in Conte and trust in Paratici's judgment and I think we'll be all right. I, 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 think, I, just, 
I think we need to stop this lineal thought, this old school way of thinking, which we've always had as, as, as a fan base and kind of just buy into what Conte and Paratici and the board and the club, what direction they're going in. Let's just believe in them and trust in them and not worry about the little niggly questions here and there. Let's just go for it. Ollie, all of us Spurs fans know um, how important pre-season is to Antonio Conte. And as Ricky mentioned, the 42 lengths of the pitch during pre-season in South Korea. Well, four players didn't get on the plane. Lo Celso has now gone uh, back on loan to Villarreal. Ondon Bele has now gone on loan to Napoli. Those two other players that didn't get on the plane, Sergio Reglon and Harry Winks. Um, do you have any um, updates on both of them? Um, what do you expect you know, them to be doing in their future? Well, I think Winks has been linked with a couple of Premier League clubs, isn't he? I think Everton are absolutely desperate to uh, to sign anyone to uh, shore things up before the end of the window. Um, and with Serge Regular, I mean, he, I mean, what what a fall from grace for him. I mean, he was he was hotly contested between you guys and Man United, and he's been exiled. I'd, I'd probably predict a, a uh, move back to Spain for him. Um, and with Winks, so, I mean. He needs he needs games, doesn't he? He's at a stage in his career where he needs to to play games. Um, whether they can get a deal done before the end of the window remains to be seen, because I feel like a twenty five million pound asking price is quite high. Um, but you know, Levy's a shrewd operator, and I'm sure he's he's got his ducks in order when it comes to what he he does with those players. Right, last question for you, all. Mike. Let's start with you. Um, our next Premier League game, our fourth Premier League game of the season. Um, will be at the City Ground next Sunday against Nottingham Forest. Uh, they have started the Premier League season with one win, one draw and one defeat. Uh, and then, of course, um, a couple of days later, we then travel to West Ham United. They have lost two out of two in the Premier League so far. How do you see both of those games going? It's a really big week, isn't it? I think it's that thing of, you know, matches... It's been an unusual start to a Premier League season, really. The fact that we haven't... Um, I guess it's unusual, the fact that in the past, if you finished fourth as we did then you have the Champions League qualifiers but we've, we've not had that so we've just been having one game a week which is definitely suits Conte but now it's about managing the resources and I think Forest um, they've started really really well they've signed an insane number of players as we know um, and obviously there's a reason for it they, we, we know they, they they needed to to add to the squad but I you would expect despite their decent start um, this isn't the worst time to play them. They're still betting in. It's interesting that Brennan Johnson scored again today. And I think, you know, he looked like a ready-made Premier League player. I'm sure if they hadn't got promoted, we might have even been interested in him. I think, you know, he's already shown what he's capable of. But nevertheless, um, you know, you'd expect it's a tough game against a, a really enthusiastic home crowd. But it doesn't it doesn't hurt that, you know, we've, we've avoided having to have their, their big return. It was West Ham, wasn't it? It was their first home match. Um, on TV, so you know that they've, they've had that moment now, and hopefully, you know, we can go and get three points. And then, you know, West Ham away, um, it's just a really horrible match, isn't it? You know, there's no no doubt about it. We've we've had a, some 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 tough times there in the last couple of years, um, but again, it's about I 100% feel we're going to see Conte rotate for these matches, and and you could well see perhaps. Just just looking at the two, if, if if either of the match really sticks out, you'd say West Ham away has got Richarlison running all over it, hasn't it? You know, just in terms of... He, he will absolutely love that atmosphere. He will feed off the hate coming from, 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 the, 
from the crowd and you you could well see him getting a goal in that so um i feel i feel positive about it but you know tough week two away games in a row and we'll definitely learn a lot more about this this side's chances this season at the end of that week how, how many points out of six mike gonna say six gonna be positive Brilliant. Ricky, you say six as well. I'm saying seven. They're going to give us an extra point <laughs> just for being great. <laughs> no, no they're, 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 um, they're going to be difficult games, aren't they? Yeah, they are going to be. I think. I think the Nottingham Forest is a tricky one because they're just a mixed bag, and we don't know what we're going to get right now. Because, like as Mike was saying, if, if we all know they've signed a lot of players, so they've got a bed in. There's um, a new team feel about them. Um, you know, they're excited being in the Premiership. You know, Jesse Lingard hasn't uh, scored as yet. They're just a mixed bag where you just don't know what you're going to get right now. Um, I think it's encouraging that, like Mike was saying, that they've already had their TV time and their first home game. But this for them, we're going to be we're going to be a real test for them. The same way that we looked at Chelsea last week as being a test and seeing where we're going, the same way they're going to look at us and go, okay, this is going to be a, a test for the, for the whole squad right now. So we have to prepare for that. We, so it, it's not going to be easy. I don't think there's any game, any game right now is easy in the Premiership. Um, so, yeah, it will be a mixed bag, but I expect us to win. And then against West Ham, it's always a battle. Never over until the 95th, 96th minute. But I I think that they have bought well. I, I like Skamaka. Um I think they buy sensibly. I think they've had a good transfer window, really, uh, especially under Moyes. I think they've been buying real sensibly along along the years. Um, they've got uh, options now. They can rotate. Uh, they can bring different people in. Uh, in the conference league the other day, my friend was telling me that they started Skamaka and then they brought on Antonio. And Antonio had a bit of fire in his belly because he didn't start. You know what I mean? And Skamaka scored. So it's always a battle against West Ham. But like like uh, like Mike just said there, I, I I only see two wins, mate. I only see two wins. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> well, let's go to the neutral, Ollie. How do you see these two games going? <laughs> and out of six points, how do you think Tottenham will pick up? Now I've got to bring the mood down, haven't I? Um, I feel like Boris. <laughs> historically, I think Spurs. This would be you know a slip up written all over it. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, not just not just for I'm nothing against Forest, but uh, I mean. You know, you've been to Burnley before and dropped points and, you know, you've had those sort of really, really, you know, you know, frustrating performances. But this is a real test. As I was saying before, I've always had this niggling doubt in the back of my mind about Spurs' consistency. And this is where Conte can really, you know, stamp his authority and make a statement and say, look, we are not that team anymore. We can go to a, you know, volatile forest ground and and play well and play our style and get a result. You, you look at Arsenal going to Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth are nowhere near as strong as Forest, in my opinion. But they, I think they're about 4-0 up now. Maybe it's 3-0 still. And, you know, they they have kind of made a statement that we are not that team anymore. So I, I do I do think uh, Spurs will beat Forest. And as for the West Ham game, it's all up in the air, isn't it? Um, you, you just, you know, flip a coin. Um so, I mean, I think that's the sort of game that Conte will really get up for and he will really get his, his, his team going. Um, but I'd have to go for a conservative four points. 
to be honest. Um, but I mean, you know, he could go either way. Oli, do you think the trophies will be coming at Tottenham under Antonio Conte? Well, he's he brings trophies wherever he goes. But we said that about Mourinho. So, so um, I think I think you've got to give him time. I think if he can stay for more than two years, I think you're bound to win a trophy. And if he can, yeah, if he doesn't fall out of the board, you know, I don't see why not. Do, do you think the Spurs will win a trophy this season? This season. A tough one. I do think you'll have a good Champions League run, but I'm not sure if you're, you're, you're ready to go all the way there yet. Um, yeah, why not one of the Cups? Why not? <laughs> I mean, City have kind of dominated the League Cup, but the FA Cup is open. I, I think they can they can go far. If he really manages the squad well and gets, you know, no misfortune with, with injuries, I, I don't see why not. Can I just end it uh, by asking Mike and Ricky the same question? Do you think that we will win a trophy this season under Antonio Conte? Let's start with you, Mike. I'm going to say yes. Of course I'm going to say yes. Why not? We can dream at this point. But I thought what I loved in Conte's post-match interview, when he was asked by a number of interviewers about um, you know, Harry Kane and his goal scoring, and, and, and he said um, he would swap his records for a trophy. That's what he really wants. And to have the Spurs manager three matches into the season referring to trophies, um, if that doesn't sum up just a change in mindset at the club, what does? So that has got me really excited. And I think, um, actually, I'm not as optimistic about the Champions League because of Conte's record there. But I think domestic cups, FA Cup, um, we've seen him do it at, at, at Chelsea. Um, I think that, that could well be a route for us this season. And oh, that would be just such a wonderful day if we can get there so yeah I'm going to dream I'm going to say yes I, I love every manager that talks about trophies but I, I'd love them even more when they start lifting them Ricky are we going to be lifting them <laughs> listen Antonio Conte what did we say when he turned up bruv what all I hear is Leo the lion in my head when I hear Antonio Conte's name bruv He's a serial winner, all right? So we know, we know, even though he's going to temper our, our expectations, I know that he's looking at the league. I know that he's looking at the cups. I know that he wants to lift something this year. I know from his reaction last year to get in top four, yes, we can look at it as a trophy, but I'm disappointed I didn't lift anything at the end of the season. He's going to be determined to not only succeed, but to lift those trophies. When we look in the shift in the mentality of the lot of the, the the whole squad, when I see Harry Kane, the man on the mission right now, scoring goals in August, do you know what I mean? Like getting on the end of things, putting his body on the line. When Sonny hasn't even started yet, there's, there's so many things that we haven't even clicked into gear yet. But I can see the mentality, and if and well, it's not even if this Antonio Conte mentality is rubbing off on this squad. So. If Conte wants to win, he's a serial winner. I see that all those players want to win. Harry Kane's a man on a mission. Why can't we lift the damn trophy this year? I see it, bruv. I see it. I feel it in my stomach. I see success <laughs> at the end of the season. I've said the FA Cup will be the one, but we're definitely lifting something. And regardless of whether it's reasonable or unreasonable or disillusional, He's going to go for the league as well. He's going to look at it. He's going to aim for it. And if we fall sh short, well, great. We've, we're in the top four and we get Champions League. Okay, great. But he wants to see the whole squad fighting and believing 
that they can achieve that. Why And why can't they? Why can't they? It's only because of tradition right now and money that we look at Liverpool and Man City as the ones that will win everything. History, the past five, ten years history has shown us that, right? Okay, great. But why can't we? And that's what he's going to, you know, let every single player in that squad know. And every single player is going to walk onto the field with, with that in their chest. And we're seeing it little bit by little bit. And we haven't even clicked into gear. So, to answer the question, yes, we are going to lift the trophy at the end of this season, Chris. I'm telling you, I can feel it in my water. Good stuff. Well, Ricky, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us this evening. And uh, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Always an honour and a pleasure, my friend. Love being on as always. You can find me on Twitter at Ricky J Norwood. It's down here in the little description here. If you want to find me on Insight, it's official Ricky Norwood without the J. Um, and yeah, just auditioning, keeping busy. Uh, we will be recording the Watford story real, real soon. Again, it's scheduling. You know, there's been a lot going on, but me and Chris will be getting that done. Fingers crossed next week. So yeah, bro, just trying to keep busy and uh, keep moving forward. But again, thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure, and especially after three points. Thank you, Ricky. And Mike, it's been a pleasure having you back with us and tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to. Thank you. Uh, so at Mike on Twitter, and uh, you can see me on uh, BBC South today, back presenting the Breakfast News again. Early starts all week coming up this week, so I have to uh, steal myself for that. But yeah, really enjoy being back on, Chris. Thanks so much for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I've got a great feeling about this season. So have I. So have I. Ollie, it was actually rude of me not to ask you um, what you expect Wolves to do this season. And after that, please tell everyone where, where they can find you. Well, we need to sign a striker or at least get him in his fit. If we don't have a striker, then it could be a quite a frustrating season. But, I mean, if we can get a top 10 finish, I'd, I'd absolutely be over the moon. But, um, yeah, I think, I think this is a transition season. We're playing a back four now, so we've got to trust Bruno. We've got some great signings in, so... Hopefully, it will all click into place. We, we had a slow start last season, so hopefully it's more of the same this season. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ollie J. Lewis, so spelled, as you can see below, with a J in the middle. And um, you may see my articles on Mail Online. You, you know what, Ollie? just to let you know, um, I heard Harry Winks can play as a centre-forward. If you were... <laughs> you can just... <laughs> It's only 15 mil. Give us 15 mil, take him and just watch him fly. Do you still have uh, Soldado or Vincent Janssen? <laughs> you can have them as well. <laughs> A bar one, get one free. Yeah. Well, Ollie, Mike and Ricky, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and as you said, Ricky, um, after a win, after a very important three points, we've now got seven points from nine. Tottenham sits second in the Premier League and it's Nottingham Forest and West Ham up next. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I can't believe I'm saying this so early on in the season, but Ollie, Mike and Ricky have persuaded me the trophies are coming. So thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked child care to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.